This is the Visit the Zoo podcast. Today we hear about zebras, statistics, Noah chapter number six, and wombat poop. of the Visit the Zoo podcast, and you heard it right in the open there. We're going to hear about zebra statistics, Noah chapter number six, and we're going to hear about wombat poop. I am your host and also the author of the 12-volume, 120-animal book series, also in print as well as Kindle. It's an audio book and also on a DVD called Visit the Zoo, and this is what the podcast is called, Visit the Zoo. And we have two websites we'd like to tell you about. First of all is our main website at zooanimals.info. That's plural, zooanimals.info. We also have another website called zooswear.com. It's spelled Z-O-O-Z-W-E-A-R, Zooswear. Com, and that's where we have all of our merch, our apparel, and all the other goodies on both Zazzle and also on Amazon, too. So we have another packed episode, so let's get started. All right, you ready for this story? This is from CNN. It's dated a few weeks ago. And it's called Wombat Poop. Scientists have finally discovered why it's cubed. A team of scientists claims to have unraveled one of the animal kingdom's more peculiar mysteries. Why wombat poop is cube-shaped. The wombat, native to Australia, produces about 80 to 100 cubes of poop each night. It is known to use the dung to mark its territory depositing piles of the stuff outside burrows and on top of rocks and logs, according to Australian Geographic. But how the wombat produces the cube shapes in a phenomena like in cubes, that has puzzled many observers of the furry marsupial. Researchers led by Georgia Institute of Technology's Patricia Yang said they have uncovered the digestive processes behind the mystery and presented their findings to the 71st Annual Meeting of the American Physical Society Division of Fluid Dynamics in Atlanta on Sunday. I found that funny. I don't know why. Uh, The wombat's cube feces is a trait that is unique in the animal world, the researchers said, as cubes are usually created by cutting or molding. In the built world, cube structures are created by extrusion or injection molding, but there are few examples of this feat in nature, authors of the project said in the study's abstract. To solve the puzzle, the team examined the digestive tracts of wombat's that had to be euthanized following vehicle collisions in Tasmania, Australia. The wombat takes about two weeks to digest food, and researchers found that as the feces move into the final 8% of the intestine, it changes from a liquid state, oh yeah, into solid matter. At that stage, the dung takes on the shape of separated cubes, measuring about two centimeters in length. By inflating 
the intestine with a long balloon. Researchers found that the wombat's intestine walls stretch unevenly, allowing for the formation of the cube shapes. I mean, really, who even would think of doing something like that by scientists? Uh, anyhow, the local strain varies from 20% at the cube's corners to 75% at its edges. The team said, thus, the intestine stretches preferentially at the walls to facilitate cube formation. Did any of you get that? I'm sorry. I, you know, don't get it. Anyhow, the article wraps up by saying the study's author said the findings could have implications beyond the natural world by helping to provide insight into new manufacturing techniques. So we can thank the wombat, I guess, for uh, new manufacturing processes. Now I've got some really fascinating statistics that I ran on to. First of all, that more than 99% of all species amounting to over 5 billion species that have ever lived on earth have died out. That's 99% or 5 billion species. They've gone extinct. They've been replaced by other more successful species like us. 10 to 14 million species now on earth. Only 1.2 million of those 10 to 14 million species have been documented. 86% of all the species that now live on Earth have not yet been described. This is as of May 2016. The average longevity of a species surviving is 10 million years. Dinos were here for 200 million years before they were wiped out by a Mount Everest-sized asteroid that struck the Earth 65 million years ago. Most species that have gone extinct are not documented. We will never even know they existed. And some scientists estimate that within 80 years, in the year 2100, up to half of all current and present living species will go extinct. Now, I guess the question is, which half are we in? It's time for our animal description, and what we're going to do is play the sounds first of this animal, and then go right into the description of what it is. So let's see if you can guess what this animal is. turn away and we are back on our walk around the winding zoo pathway and come to one of the stars of the zoo, an animal standout that is recognizable because it lives in a black and white striped coat. There probably is not one human on earth who would not recognize this beautiful animal, the zebra. The zebra has evolved from the original species over the last four million years. Its current native home is in the southern and eastern Africa. It lives on grasslands, savannas, woodlands, mountains, and coastal hills. They stand about five feet at the shoulder and are about 6.5 to 8 feet long. 
They weigh 770 pounds, give or take. Their hearing and eyesight are very keen and sharp. They are highly social animals, like to stay in herds with females staying together in what are called harems. When danger lurks, they huddle together. They can make barking or braying sounds when they feel threatened. They eat mostly grasses, but they also can nibble on scrub brush and even bark. Of course, the big question, why the stripes? Many theories abound with scientists, but here are the most believed theories. The first reason for the stripes seems to be the best. The vertical stripes help the zebra hide in tall grass. Both are vertical, both up and down. You can say, yeah, but what about the vivid black and white color? Won't that stand out from the brown or green grass? Well, their main predator is the lion, and lions are colorblind. When you see zebra, they stick close to one another. They generally huddle together when they eat. That jumble of stripes also seems to confuse predators as to how many zebra there are and in what direction they are traveling. Throughout history, man has tried to tame and domesticate the zebra without luck. But watching them here today at the zoo, we can enjoy watching them socialize, graze, and enjoy the same beautiful day. All right, we come now to our dog and cat segment. Let's talk about this little guy, the French Bulldog. First of all, let me play you a little bit of sound of what this ferocious, big, huge monster sounds like when it barks or makes noise. That's the French Bulldog. Uh, The French Bulldog is the number four most popular of dog breeds in the United States and is just as popular worldwide as well. They have large ears and an even disposition. The AKC considers it playful, alert, adaptable, irresistible, and adorable. It looks like a bulldog, but in miniature. They don't really bark, as you just heard, but they are very alert and they only make noises or bark when they want attention or they see something that interests them. They are very social. They get along with people and pets and they don't require that much exercise. But they can get separation anxiety if left alone too long. They need and want their humans. They are great companion dogs. And so that's a little bit about the French Bulldog. All right, let's carry on with our read from my latest novel, fiction novel, called Noah, an animal adventure fantasy that I wrote about, I don't know, about a year ago, a little bit less. And we're going to hear now chapter number six, again, from my novel that you can get, by the way, either on print or Kindle, also the audiobook from Amazon. Here's Noah, an animal adventure fantasy, chapter number six. 
Chapter 6 In an instant, Manny and Noah were again transported to a new environment, this time to a northern latitude tree and fern forest. The air was clean and crisp. Sounds of songbirds could be heard echoing off the trees. Beneath their feet, Noah felt a thick carpet of fresh fall leaves crunching with each step. Sunshine streamed through the treetops high above their heads. Waist-high shrubs were scattered about. Noah scanned his surroundings. Okay, we're now in a forest, but where? Manny said, aha, where? Where do you think? Noah said, it looks old. It looks like it could have been here a while. The East Coast somewhere? New York? Pennsylvania? Manny touched his arm gently. Right environment. Wrong country. Wrong continent. Are we still in Asia? Manny said, Europe. Noah's mouth flew open. Get out of here. No way. Yep, way, as you young people like to say. Way west of Asia. Europe, that's it. We're in some kind of European forest. Manny studied Noah. I'm guessing you did pretty well in geography. Noah stood up straight. He was proud of himself at that moment. I love geography. I can even look at a blank map and tell you the names of a lot of countries. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Manny reached up and patted him on the back. Well, my boy, you are one of the rare ones at your age these days. I bet you can look on a map and tell me where Iceland is and not confuse it with Hawaii. Congratulations. Noah said, I got an A in geography last year. They gave me a plaque, and it's hanging on my wall at home. Noah's voice trailed off. He looked into Manny's eyes. Is this where the green tunnel is? Is this where we can go home now? Is this where I can go home now? Manny understood his yearning to go home, but he also knew there was more to show Noah. Not here, Noah. I have much to show you, but we will get there to your tunnel, I promise. Noah relaxed a bit, and then his head snapped around at the sound of rustling in the waist-high bushes ahead. What's that? Manny also turned toward the sound. I think from what I can sense, I think that is Romeo. Who? Romeo. Just then, a magnificent yellow-eyed red fox raised its head and stared directly at Noah and Manny. Yep, it's Romeo the Red Fox. I know him, and he knows me. From the distance, Romeo shouted at the two of them. Hey, you two, Manny and the kid, you got any mice or voles with you? Manny whispered to Noah, always hunting, always about food, nothing else. Manny turned toward Romeo, who slowly started to make his way toward Noah and his meerkat friend. Hey, Manny, who's the kid? And you sure you don't have any nice juicy vole on you somewhere? Noah, wide-eyed again, was astonished at yet another talking animal. How many of these guys talk, Manny? He's just a red fox. How can a red fox talk? Noah, in the world and dimension you are now visiting, most of the animals talk. The ones that don't talk are the ones we have to be aware of and avoid. Why? Those animals are focused on hunting us down for the kill. They don't want conversation. They just want lunch, or in my case, a snack. Noah said quietly, oh. Romeo the Red Fox was now directly in front of them. How'd you do there, human-type animal? 
My name is Romeo. I'm looking for some wood mice or maybe a nice juicy vole. Noah said, uh, so you said. Romeo talked in a raspy voice. You hear that? Manny whispered to Noah as Romeo stared off in the distance. Noah, these red foxes have superb hearing far above and below in frequency what we can hear. Romeo stared out toward the deep forest. I heard that, Manny. You're talking about me again. Tell the kid how handsome I am with my beautiful red coat, distinct white patches, and my beautiful eyes. The dames love the eyes. I'm pretty all right if I do say so myself. Manny cocked his head towards Romeo, as Romeo said, So pretty, I wonder if any humans want to turn that beautiful red coat of mine into a coat they can wear. Romeo then said to Manny, Hey, buddy, back off with that noise. Besides, they'd never catch me. Romeo turned back toward the noise and began to walk away. He was zeroed into that noise. Only he could hear. Hey, listen, guys, would love to hang around and discuss, but I have some work to do. Without looking at Noah, he said, Bye, kid. See you later. Don't grow up hunting foxes, okay? Noah waved weakly. Okay, Mr. Romeo, I won't, but you are pretty. Romeo was now widening the distance between himself and Manny and Noah. He still had to get in the last comment from the distance, though. I know, I'm pretty. Romeo disappeared into the bush. The sound of his footsteps faded. Noah said, he sure is stuck on himself. A lot of humans are like that, you know? Manny said, I know, Noah, but this one really believes it. I guess we can be tolerant of those personality types, as long as they don't hurt anyone else in the process. Just think of it as providing entertainment value to the experience of meeting or knowing them. Manny took a deep breath. Okay, he's off, and we should be as well. The next, Manny looked around the forest and nodded to a thicket of tightly spaced trees. Through this wall of trees here, and a short walk to a fairly large lake, I want to show you an animal that has folktale into his resume. Darting in and out and among the trees, they walked only a short distance before the forest began to thin. Before them a beautiful wide marshland, and beyond, a beautiful lake surrounded by more deep forest. Manny made several turns to keep them both on dry land and on a path with a slight rise. At the top of the small hill, Manny stopped. Just in front of them, about a hundred feet or so, Noah could see a small grouping of large white birds with long yellow legs and black feathers on his hindquarters. Noah, did anyone ever ask you the question, where do babies come from? Noah blushed. Yes, and that's what the kids my age like to talk about these days. That and other personal things. Okay, did anyone ever try to tell you about that old fairy tale about the stork that delivers babies in the middle of the night. Noah continued to blush and shuffled a bit. Yeah, but that's a crock. I don't believe it, and I know better. Manny turned toward the gathering of large white birds again. The birds were poking in the marshy waters ahead. Well, those birds in front of us, those are European stork, and they are poking around in the shallow water looking for frogs or small reptiles for breakfast. These storks, and a good percentage of them, have just flown in from Africa to see where they are right now. And where is that? 
No, I asked. We are in Poland. About 25% of the population come to Poland. The rest are scattered across Europe. Do the birds have names of their own too? No, not possible. They couldn't remember them if they did. You've heard of the expression bird brain, haven't you? Noah furrowed his brow. But you would think they would remember their own names. You would think so. But I think that bird brain term would apply here. They have lived with humans for hundreds of generations. But even here, where we are in time and space, these storks just don't seem to have the knack to speak or even think very deeply. They lead fairly simple lives, and they are happy. Noah said, that's good. Not only that, but when they fly, they fly disorganized. They squawk and slap their beaks together. They are beautiful and harmless, though, so we'll just look at them from a distance, and if we get too close, they will scatter. Just then, something did spook the storks. They jerked up in the air in unison at the sound of some nearby danger. They spread out their beautiful white wings. At first, they flew in the same direction, but then scattered helter-skelter in the air. Several storks actually bumped into each other, nearly falling out of the sky. Manny followed them as they arced across the sky, and he said, Dummies. Then he said, Noah, let's head back to the tree line. As soon as they hit the dense forest again, the temperature dropped and a blanket of snow stretched out in front of their path. It looked cold, but Noah did not feel cold. What happened? Where did the snow come from? Where are we? Manny answered, Finland. Noah dutifully followed Manny. He looked down at Manny's feet in this shallow snow and then at his own feet. There were no footprints behind them as they walked. Noah shook his head and said, Manny, why? Why aren't you cold? Why don't you see our footprints in the snow? Yeah. Noah, you and I are in a different reality. We are interacting with all that we have seen and are about to see. But let's just say we are not having an impact on the environment, and the environment isn't having an impact on us as well. It's better that way. Believe me, we shouldn't have an impact anyway in the real world. Unfortunately, too often humans do. But the message is getting out, I think. I hope. Yeah, but I still don't understand how all this is working. That's good, Noah. You're trying to think it through. That's good. As they walked, they cut through the tree line to an opening and to a, another large snow-covered field. Beyond a line of jagged mountains, pierced through a low-hanging cloud line and then into a brilliant blue sky. Noah, we are in a northern latitude with this stunning landscape. He smiled broadly. Noah said, wow, this is really something, Manny. It really is. Noah continued to gaze at the mountains in a wide and deep plain in front of him. Suddenly, out of the corner of his eyes, he saw a group of large horned animals. They were moving forward at a brisk pace, but began to slow as the group of about 15 animals in the herd drew attention in Noah's and Manny's direction. Noah sniffed a bit. Manny, he gently touched Manny's arm. It's okay, Noah. It's okay. The herd was then in full gallop as the lead great horned hooved animals made a straight line for Manny and Noah. It's okay, Noah. I know them. 
The large male in this herd is a Siberian reindeer. His name, Rudy. Rudy Reindeer. And I know him. Noah smiled at Manny and said, Rudy, you mean Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Manny continued to follow the herd as it drew closer. No, I mean Rudy Reindeer, not Rudolph. Rudy. Noah shook his head and smiled. He somehow did not comprehend that distinction. Manny and Noah could hear the beautiful creatures breathing heavily as they approached at the edge of the flat open plain. They slowed to a walk, and then finally the main group of smaller females stopped and began pawing the snow away from their large spread out hooves. The large male, all 400 pounds of him, with a magnificent rack of horns, stepped closer and looked directly at Manny. From a distance, I thought that was you, my friend. How are you, Manny? Manny reached up and touched the fur-covered nose of the panting, beautiful reindeer. It obliged the reach by bending down to Manny's height so the contact could occur. And you, my magnificent friend, how are you? How is the lichen hunt today, Rudy? Manny said. Rudy spoke in a deep and beautiful timber voice. I am well, my friend. Rudy gestured back to his herd of females behind him. They continued to search from some delicate morsel of food beneath the thin snow covering the ground. And my ladies are well as me. Fine specimen of the female of the species. Manny nodded in agreement. I can see. Have your rivals tried to steal them? They have tried, but not successfully, Rudy said with a loud laugh that shook the very ground. Where are you off to today? Rudy looked toward the distant horizon. We are headed in that direction. You know we can travel about 30 miles per day, and we are just getting started. Always looking for lichen, eh? Manny said. And the occasional clutch of bird eggs, if we can find them. Noah then asked to make an omelet. Noah thought that was funny. Rudy didn't. I'm sorry, young human. What is an omelet? Noah realized he just should have just listened the conversation and not interject comments. Manny interrupted. Rudy, this is Noah. I am showing him the world. He is young and is interested in the world. I can assure you he has no farm and is not in need of capturing and taming any reindeer today. Rudy snorted. He wasn't sure if he liked Noah. That's good. Rudy then stared directly at Noah with his large piercing eyes. What's an omelet? Manny stared at Noah. Noah stared back then at Rudy and said, It's a bird egg dish that humans cook and eat. Humans like bird eggs too. Chicken bird eggs, Rudy said. What's a chicken? Noah said quietly, It's a bird too. Rudy said, Never heard of it. Manny then took one step toward the towering and powerful reindeer. Well, Rudy... You have to be on your way, and we have lots more to see. So thanks for stopping by. Rudy eyed Noah cautiously. You're sure, young man, you are not from a farm nearby looking for reindeer to capture. Noah shook his head no. Manny grabbed Noah's hand and took a step backwards. He whispered to Noah, time to go now. Noah stepped back with Manny. Manny said to Rudy, Goodbye, my friend. Manny waved and turned, pulling Noah as they both walked away quickly. 
Noah and Manny could feel Rudy's piercing eyes watch them as they headed back toward the tree line. They could hear Rudy's deep and powerful voice in the widening distance. Goodbye, my friend, and know this, human. I am the only mammal that can see an ultraviolet. I will see you coming in the dark to capture me and take me to your farm. That will not be good, human. I will crush you like an omelet. Keep the farm reindeer hunters away next time, Manny. Manny replied, I will. Goodbye. Manny looked up at Noah. That was a close one, Noah. Rudy's attitude can change in a moment. I'm not a reindeer hunter. There are no reindeer in the southwest United States in the wild. Maybe in the zoos. Manny replied quickly. He doesn't know that. Manny said, maybe. Well, Noah said, it's his problem. Our problem. Manny quickened his step. Time to vacate the premises promptly. And that is a wrap for episode number 59. And I want to thank you very much for joining me here at Visit the Zoo podcast. And hopefully you will come back again next week. Please subscribe, rate, and review however and wherever you listen to this podcast on iTunes or any of the dozen or so plus podcast directories. Our two main websites are zooanimals.info. That's plural, Zoo animals.info and all of our merchandise all of our apparel and all the other goodies you can go to zooswear.com z-o-o-z-w-e-a-r.com z-o-o-z-w-e-a-r.com zooswear.com and you'll find links to either amazon or zazzle zazzle is where we have all of the other goodies besides the apparel mouse pads and all types of things again zooswear.com thank you again for joining me please come back next week we'll have some more interesting and fascinating about all the animals who are with us here on planet earth bye-bye